broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Hunter long motion towards the center now, back towards the right. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. TDLV! Raiders in the end zone! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We kick it off in style with our good friend Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman, current member of the Raiders radio broadcast. And Lincoln, thank you so much for your time as always, my man. And football NFL action is back this evening. How excited and pumped up are you just for NFL action back? Well, I mean, I'm just a football lover. So last week, uh, you know, last this time last week, I was like a, a pig rolling around on, in mud or, or a fat kid with a big old cake in front of him. I had uh, I had was looking forward to it because from Thursday to Monday, it was all football. It was college football, but it was all football. And it's going to be the same thing starting tonight. Yeah, it really will. I'm pretty pumped up about it as well. As far as week one goes, Lincoln, how much do you have to, as a team, prepare for the unexpected? Because you really didn't get to see a whole lot in preseason. Quite a bit. Uh, the, the fact is that you never know what you're going to be, and coaches have to prepare, not necessarily prepare the players, because you can't necessarily prepare them for what's unexpected, or you don't know, you, you don't know. But you got to be aware that you might want to just get easier way into it. That's why trick plays are so successful, Q, if you think about it. You know, you catch somebody off guard, maybe not thinking that it's going to happen, but it, you can't necessarily prepare for everything. So you just have to take it as it goes, and more importantly, you hope that if you give up a big play, it's not too costly. You know, we've been focusing a lot on the defense all week long here on the show, and, you know, I want to continue to do that. Those guys in the interior of that defensive line, they're not the slim guys that can get skinny and try to get to the quarterback like they were last season with Gus Bradley. They're now the 300-plus pound guys that are trying to stop the run and make an emphasis on that. How much do you think that that can help with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside? Well, here's the thing. If your focus is going to be on the outside rushers, most people will tell you that quarterbacks, especially going from the gun position, are used to stepping up in the pocket. In order to force them off of their pace or, or their, their spot, you have to have internal pressure. That's when you need those big bowling balls in the middle that can push. But you also have to withstand the run. So most teams that are, you know, the philosophy was long-time philosophy against a 34 defense was you should run the ball, a power running game. And you would think that you would have, you know, your outside linebackers or uh, would be undersized, so you would have to stand up to an offensive lineman. Well, in this case, it's defensive ends. So it's not so much the, the fact that you've got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby coming off the edge and then how the guys are going to hold up against the run. What I'm more interested to see is either Chandler Jones or Max Crosby dropping in the flat because in this style of defense, they're forced to cover either slots or backs out of the backfield, and that could put a strain on a would-be defensive end. You know, you mentioned that earlier this week about Max Crosby. You're interested to see what it looks like with him dropping because you ha- we haven't seen it. How 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 do you prepare for that? If you're Max Crosby, how do you work on that to do something that you normally don't do? Well, Max Crosby is such a perfectionist, 
and and seeing his work ethic, especially the the all pro that he's become. I'm not, I won't be surprised when I see him do it. It's just something that we haven't necessarily seen him have a history of. Well, you know, you, you think back, Q, to when Demarcus Ware was with the Cowboys and then he went to the Broncos. They had him play a little bit of outside linebacker. He finished you know his career pretty successfully uh, with with the uh, you know playing that that position. So it's not unheard of. It's just something that needs to be worked on. And I'm sure all this offseason since they hired Patrick Graham, understanding his responsibilities, the type of player that Max Crosby is, I'm sure he can handle it. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. One guy that really uh, caught some headlines for the Raiders during the preseason was Deshaun Bauer. What did you see from him, and how, how big of a kind of an X factor do you think he might be able to be this season? Well, I'm hoping that he is an X factor because let's face it, this team needs some help and they need some help from necessarily some unsung heroes. So when it comes to it, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm looking forward to seeing this entire team play. I mean, let's face it, what we got in the preseason was not you know true showing of what we're going to get in the regular season. So I'm hoping it's a good outing. What uh, are your expectations for Patrick Graham? We heard from him a little earlier today. I- I'm excited by him as a defensive coordinator. I think he's going to do some really good things. But you know, how much different do you think it's going to look compared to what we saw last year under Gus Bradley? A lot. I think it's going to be a lot different. And the main reason why is because, you know, as we've talked about, I want to see what's going on with Jonathan Abram. I want to see how these corners are going to play. You know what I mean? Nate Hobbs is uh, listed as being one of the starting quarters. corners. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but he was playing nickel last year. And look, nickel, nickel cornerback is a very difficult position. I think Nate Hobbs did a tremendous job being put, thrust in that position. Maybe cornerback is his natural position. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm, I'm interested to see the mix-up of coverages as well of a defensive schemes that Patrick Graham is going to use, notably against the Chargers. And most importantly, the thing that you take in consideration, Q, is that this team is going to see the Chargers later on the season. So you don't want to show all your eggs, if you know what I mean, uh, in, in the first come, but you definitely want to be effective. Yeah, Lincoln, you mentioned that you don't want to reveal too much this first game <laughs> of the season. But when we talked to our Chargers insider earlier in the show, he mentioned how they've been working on the deep bomb, on the deep pass more this offseason with Justin Herbert getting comfortable in that offense. How much of an improvement do you think that this Raiders secondary has made from last season to this one? Well, it's hard to say, D, because we haven't seen them. We haven't seen the secondary, the starting secondary, if you will, um, yet. So it's really hard to quantify. But look at this. You know, Herbert in this offense did a lot of, they, they threw deep a, a lot last year and had some success, intermediate to deep against the Raiders. So it's anyone's guess to see what we're going to, what we're going to see, um, you know, when it comes Sunday. But I don't, I don't think this offense is afraid to try to stretch this defense and force your safeties to go, force the safeties to go sideline to sideline. You know, Lincoln, you were sitting up in the, in the booth, you know, week 18 last year when the Chargers and the Raiders had that epic game and Justin yeah. Herbert, fourth down after fourth down after fourth down, was able to come through. Sitting up there at that, that bird's eye view, man, what, what did you see from Justin Herbert? Well, what I saw is a very accurate and smart quarterback. At first, the first time I saw Herbert when he came out of Oregon, I thought, and of course this was a different coaching staff, I thought they were going to try to put, implement a lot more RPOs in their offense because he's capable of running. And when they got away from that, I just realized how smart he was. He was using his taller receiver on undersized uh, defenders. They did it in the first game with their tight ends. They did it in the second game with their, their receivers, especially you know splitting what they had bracket. The Raiders were trying to do is bracket coverage. Had receivers split very accurate, very hard to bring down, and more importantly, very hard to disrupt or get get frazzled because he was so patient and calm in the pocket. 
Yeah, Lincoln, you mentioned Justin Herbert there and what you thought you were going to see from him with the Chargers when he first came out. But what have you seen from him that makes him so special? Because you see it all the time when they're ranking the quarterbacks in this division. Most people are going to put Herbert second, or I've seen in some rankings that they've got him top five in the entire league when it comes to quarterbacks. But what do you think that Justin Herbert does that makes him so special? It's just about everything. I mean, think about it. Decision-making when he's, when he's pressured, uh, his ability to scramble out of the pocket to make throws on the run. I mean, all the things that you want to rant and rave about Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert is capable of doing. Maybe not as completely accurate on the short and intermediate stuff, but he's still pretty effective. And the thing is, is that he's a big, strong quarterback. So when they do implement RPOs, unlike Patrick Mahomes, you don't really run a risk of the, not as much of a higher risk of him getting hurt because he has a bigger body than Patrick Mahomes. So that makes him a little bit more effective and things like that. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As you're preparing for the broadcast on Sunday and you're looking at what the Chargers do really well and you, you know what you believe the Raiders do really well, what stands out to you as maybe, maybe the biggest chess match that you'll see between Staley and, uh, and also Josh McDaniels? I think what it comes down to if for the Raiders, and I think we talked about this on Tuesday, I'm playing particularly a close, close attention to when the Raiders are on offense, how effective they are moving the ball when we have some issues at offensive line. We have some question marks mm-hmm. at offensive line. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. Yeah, because the, the thing is, is that I really hope that Josh McDaniels tries to implement the run. But let's be mindful, the Chargers were strong against the run last year, statistically, and when they played the Raiders. They were strong against the run. It wasn't as porous as a lot of people give credit. So this, these two teams, the Chargers and the Raiders, in my opinion, are very evenly matched in a lot of positions, in a lot of ways. Some of them you might sit there and say, well, they might have a little bit more of an advantage, have more experience on, on the defensive front versus you know, our defensive front, but it, it's still pretty evenly matched. And some of the, 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 the minuses, if you will, will give the strength to the other team. And, but I do think you have two highly effective offenses. The offensive line of the Chargers, is, in my opinion, is on paper is definitely better than what we, what we see in the Raiders because we've seen such inconsistencies. So I think you give the advantage there, but you have a highly effective offenses, and you have defenses that's capable of making plays. There's still a question of the unknown with our defense and Patrick Graham and everybody, all the starters, but I still think, you know, what we've seen in the past, what we've seen individual-wise, that they can be effective. You know, you, you mentioned the, the Chargers and their, their run defense, and I remember going into that first Charger game, and I remember myself saying, hey, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They can't stop the run, and they were able to stop the run against yeah. the Raiders, and they didn't do. The Raiders didn't do a very good job running the rock against them. Right. Was that because of the offensive line, or was that something else as well? Because of the offensive line. Okay. And, and I think, you know, scheme-wise, schematic-wise, what the Chargers did is they kind of loaded the box. They played a very low inverted safety, and that safety pull, uh, puts an eighth man in the box. And unless you assign a receiver, because we have some issues at, at experience with receivers, to go in there and dig out that safety, you have a man in the box that's unaccounted for. So, you know, they did a lot of things to just uh, muddle up the box, and there were also a lot of times where their defensive line was winning over our offensive line. All right, Lincoln, J.C. Jackson has been reported that he's been in a walking boot and he's just now gotten out of it, but he hasn't practiced all week. Does that change the way the Raiders are going to prepare for this game, considering if one of their top players at corner is going to be in or out? No. No, you still don't know who – I mean, well, you know who his backup is, but you, 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 you don't look at – you don't game plan so much against – 
individual personnel. Mm-hmm. You, you game plan against a scheme. It's too hard to game plan against an individual personal because, personnel because what if the guy's not playing? In this case, what if J.C. Jackson doesn't play? You don't draw plays to defeat J.C. Jackson if he's not going to be on the football field. So you, you, you go against scheme and you go against what the thought process you know, if on offense of what you think you're going to do defensively and how you can defeat that. What do you feel uh, Devontae Adams could do You know, with Derek Carr? You know about the offensive line. Obviously, we're going to pay attention to see how that, that works, but we all know Derek can get the ball out of his hand quickly. How much do you think that that, you know, uh, Devontae will be used in almost a glorified run style, style of uh, receiving. Well, I mean, here's the thing I kind of I, I put into mind. Um, you saw how Derek Carr had held, uh, you know, used uh, guys like Michael Crabtree, Mari Cooper, even Ruggs when he was on the team, and you saw how much he wanted to stretch the field. Derek Carr is capable of hitting or throwing, making every throw on the football field in any, any spot. I, I don't deny that. So just having the 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 ability or having a receiver with the capability of Devontae Adams on the outside, you know he's going to take his shots. It's just going to be picking his place when they're going to do them. And so what, what that does for your offensive strategy is that plants the seed in the mind of your opposing defense. That Do they have to keep a safety over top? Do they have to you know try to find a double coverage? Or are they going to try to bump him off the line? What are they going to try to do to negate his ability to go down the field and catch the ball? But you're going to see at least two times where Derek tries to stretch the field to Devontae Adams. You just know it's going to happen. Well, Lincoln, it all gets started on a Sunday for the Raiders. Raiders Chargers, SoFi Stadium. Excited about the game. Final question for you. How how important is this stretch? I mean, this beginning stretch, the Raiders play every team in the division, and they play four AFC opponents in, in general in the first five weeks. How important is it for them to get off to a, a hot start? It's always important for you to get off to a hot start, or especially when you talk about the division. And when you're talking about AFC opponents, not only is it division, but it's also the, the tiebreaker scenarios. I think the AFC West is the most competitive division of football this season. And despite what you talk about the Bills or the Bengals or any other AFC teams, the Raiders are going to have their hands full with division. So it's imperative that you get off to a fast start. I agree 100%. Well, Lincoln, we're fired up, excited about it. Sunday can't get here soon enough. It, it'll Pace be here. yourself. Dude, you still got to kill for two more days. Come on now. I know, Pace man. Yourself. This is Thursday. You don't put your game face on until Friday night before you go to bed and then you wake up Sunday with a scowl on your face ready for I mean uh, Saturday wake up uh, with a scowl on your face ready for the Sunday but pace yourself you don't wear yourself out man it's hot out there I know man I know you're right you're right I'm like that dog that's been in the car on a long long road trip and as soon as you open the door I'm Mm -hmm. ready to go I know I know know. (laughs) well Lincoln we appreciate you my man we'll see you in the press box on Sunday Sounds good, bud. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy knows me too well. Knows me too well. It's only Thursday. Got to pace myself. But, man, I'm, I promise you, I am the absolute definition of that dog that's been in the back of the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And then as soon as we're there and the door opens up, boom, gone. Where'd Q go? Who cares? He's out. You're not even you're not even excited about some college football on Saturday. No, nah, it's just a tease. Give you dog. a little. It's just a tease. Give you a little break. It's just a tease. I actually woke up this morning at five thirty, like I always do, and I already had a text message from some of my friends in uh, Central Texas that said, "Happy first day of the NFL season. You made it." Because they already knew, like, oh, Q is, is in a lull. And that's how I used to be, man. I was, well, I, I still am, but I was that way because high school football always started early, then college football, and then once all three, once it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type affair. I was good. I was good. I'm a little jealous of Lincoln because he's got UCLA on Saturday. That's the game he's calling. Yeah. And then Sunday, 
I mean, just like a nice little three day weekend. No, in LA. man, it's it's a it's 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 such a good grind, and that's how it used to be for me. I'd have a high school game on Friday, then I'd have a Baylor game I had to cover on Saturday, and then boom, Sunday you have either I'd cover the Raider game uh, by you know all the way in Texas, obviously, so I'm not there at the stadium, or I'd be at a Cowboy game covering that. So it's like as soon as football season hit, it was full throttle, man, and so it was no slowdown, and and that's. Right up my alley. I love every minute of it and uh, and then some. So, uh, yeah, there there's that. So appreciate Lincoln Kennedy. I'll definitely check him out in the press box at SoFi Stadium come Sunday. We'll be checking in with uh, our guy Clay Baker from the morning tailgate in a little while. He's on his way to Chickies and Pete's at the Sahara Las Vegas. Definitely want to check him out. You want to talk about a great place to watch uh, football on a Thursday night to kick things off, to kick the season off. Chickies and Pete's inside of Sahara Las Vegas is a great spot. So we'll be checking in with Clay Baker in a few minutes, but we'll also be hearing from Max Crosby. He was uh, talked to in the locker room uh, yesterday by uh, Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang. I've been teasing it for a little while. You'll hear some of that sound coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The Raiders released their Thursday injury report. Happy to say nobody is on their injury report again today. So Wednesday, Thursday, nobody. Friday, I can't expect that they're going to be doing a whole lot of uh, practicing. You know, I know today was the walkthrough, so I'm sure they'll do a little something-something, but... Uh, all is good right now for the Silver and Black as far as their injury report goes. Of course, on the Chargers side of things, uh, J.C. Jackson is the one guy that we've been talking about and focusing in on. His ankle injury did not participate Wednesday, did not participate Thursday. We'll see what happens on Friday. I'm sure we will not know the game status until actual game time. I don't think that they'll rule him out on Friday because what does that do for Brandon Staley? Like, what what does that do for him saying, oh, he's not going to play? Hey, Raiders, by the way, he's not going to play. That, does, that doesn't do anything for him, so I'm sure he'll make it a game time decision. Something uh, a little work, a little work on the fly here on the air. Are the Raiders going to be speaking tomorrow? Is Josh McDaniels going to be speaking at all? Do we know? I do not know yet. We have not got the email yet. Okay, never mind. Because <laughs> I remember Gruden last year. He would like give like it would be the quickest five minutes of your life, right? Of Gruden on like Fridays, on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is totally different. And and Josh, uh, he likes to talk early. He, he there's probably a good chance that he will meet tomorrow. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I, I don't know yet. Let's just say that I don't know. Uh, we kind of find out everything on the fly. Even when he talked the other day, I believe it was what Tuesday. Uh, he talked, yeah, he talked at eleven forty on on Tuesday, and we found out around eleven. So you know, it's not <laughs> it's not really uh, a, a super smooth system as far as uh, you know, like a super schedule that's set in in stone as of right now, and that's okay. You know, we don't mind, uh, you know, keeping our head on a swivel. It keeps us honest, and uh, we'll do what we do. Uh, continuing with the Chargers practice, uh, uh, our injury report, Donald Parham Jr., as DeMond pointed out earlier, tight end, hamstring injury, didn't participate on Wednesday, did not participate Thursday. I have a gut feeling that he will not be playing on Sunday. I really don't think either one of those guys, J.C. Jackson or Parham, but I think it's almost a little easier to say that Parham definitely won't be out there. And I'm not talking about Dylan, not talking about the Raiders' uh, third-round pick out of Memphis. I'm talking about Donald Parham Jr., the tight end for the Chargers. Then Isaiah Spiller dealing with the ankle injury. Full participant Wednesday. Full participant Thursday. The running back will be playing on Sunday, in my opinion. So uh, a nice, clean injury report as far as the Raiders are concerned. That's all you could ask for. Uh, obviously, it won't be that way for a long time, but it's nice to start out the season just like that, right? Uh, let's go ahead and get into some sound from Max Crosby. Uh, the locker room is open now following practice, which is... The first time since the Raiders have been in Las Vegas that that's happened because of COVID. Uh, unfortunately, with the time that they have it at right now, maybe they'll switch it. I'm not able to be there, and that stinks. And I'll tell you right now why it stinks. Because if I was there, and I have no problem saying this, I would have five or six different players that I talk to. 
Because that's what I do following the following the games. You know, I would go and make sure, hey, you get a couple minutes with Max, get a couple minutes with Chandler, get a couple minutes, whatever. Whoever's there, boom, 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 boom. And I know it's not always easy. You know, sometimes guys like Alex Leatherwood gives us a slip, you know, but obviously Leatherwood's not there. But, you know, I, that, that's what I would do because I would go in there with the agenda of, hey, I got to get as much as possible because this is something that we don't always have. Well, it's not always easy for everyone to do that. So uh, we're, we're thankful for what we get, right? And so uh, luckily Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang were able to get, get some Max Crosby yesterday. And so we have a few sound bites that uh, we like to bring to you and let you hear from that, uh, that locker room access. And the first one is Max just talking about Every day this week, you know, getting more excited, more excited because it's a game week finally. And, you know, just talking about, you know, his his state of mind. I feel like there's always room for improvement no matter what it is. And like just get my mind to a, to a place where I know it needs to be. You know, it's just like you can be in the offseason. It could be February. You could be locked in and focused. But like once the season's here, like it just continues going up like that level of intensity, that level of focus. Um, and it gets a little bit more real. So, yeah, for me, um, no matter what it is, watching shows, reading, like little things like that, like every morning I get something to just get my mind right. And just turn that notch up a little bit, um, you know, once the season gets here. So I'm just fired up. Max Crosby talking about getting his mind right, talking about getting fired up for the season. And, you know, I can't wait to see what Max Crosby's going to do this year. I really can. And, of course, it starts on Sunday, something we just finished talking with Lincoln Kennedy about, seeing Max Crosby, what he's out there doing. And I believe that Patrick Graham, who he also heard from earlier in the show, is going to do everything in his ability to set Max Crosby up for success. And so uh, one of the questions that was asked to Max was about the defense and is there going to be any surprises that we may see in this Patrick Graham scheme? Because as we've heard many times, it's always called multiple. Um, you know, as far as all that, like I just know um, our coaches are going to put us in a position to succeed. So we're just excited. Um, we've just been working hard and, and getting better every day. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to getting out there and, uh, you know, being our best. So obviously Max is not going to give anything as far as, oh, yeah, hey, there's going to be a wrinkle here, a wrinkle there. But, you know, again, just him talking about the coaches putting them in the best position to succeed. There's buy-in. That's the biggest thing is that there's buy-in. You can clearly hear right there from Max. And it's not just Max that there's buy-in from. It's the rest of the Raiders defense as well uh, as far as what Patrick Graham has going on. And, you know, something I've been asking and I talked to Lincoln about it, asked him about it, was about the interior part of the defensive line, talking about, you know, uh, Bilal Nichols, talking about Andrew Billings, a guy that I don't think people are talking about enough. I think because Andrew Billings is not flashy. Uh, the, the style that he is, I mean, the kind of guy he is, he'll literally walk out of the locker room following a game and he'll just have his, you know, Raiders baseball hat on and just walk out. He's got a, you know, hoodie on or whatever. Just real chill. He's not flashy. He's just a real chill, relaxed dude. But when it's time to go to work, Dollar Bill will go to work. And I call him that because that's his, that's his nickname that they gave him at Baylor. So I know him very well. And I think that he's going to be a guy that, you know, after a few games, people are going to say, hey, man. That Andrew Billings guy is, is, is pretty good. You know, I thought that he – I was actually surprised when I was at the draft in Chicago uh, when he was coming out in, in college. We all expected Andrew Billings to be the first Baylor player to get selected that draft. And it ended up being Xavier Howard. Miami traded up to go get X Howard. And, well, we all see what X Howard's been able to do. And Dollar Bill didn't go till the fourth round in Cincinnati. We were shocked. But, you know, everyone said, oh, he had a – there was like a knee injury 
uh, that the people were concerned about. That's why. Uh, but it was just also a, a draft class that was really deep at the defensive tackle position. So that was really the bigger reason why he went so late. But I, I thought that he was going to really be a special player. And, you know, injuries have been one thing. Scheme has been another thing. But, again, he's a guy that I expect to be a pretty good player for the Silver and Black. So uh, Max Crosby was asked about those guys, Bilal Nichols and Andrew Billings. How has it been working with those guys on the interior? Uh, it's been great. You know, uh, honestly, since, you know, they got here, they've been extremely impressive. Um, you know, Bilal is, is, a, is a great player, um, super physical. Um, can rush, can defend the run, and A.B. as well. You know, uh, so it's really exciting. You know, they're new guys. Um, they came in here with a great mindset and just been getting better. So, uh, you know, I'm fired up to get out there with those guys. Just a couple more responses from Max Crosby as he was in the locker room on Wednesday. Heidi Fang and Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with him and ask him a few questions. And the first, and, and, and another one was about week one and the preparation. And, and I asked Lincoln about this as well. How much do you, these teams have to prepare for the unexpected? How much adjustments have to be made? So here's Max Crosby talking about week one, the preparation to be able to make adjustments. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like... Um, you know, week one is it's always interesting. You don't know really what you're going to get. You know, obviously teams go into an offseason and they make adjustments. So you can watch the film, but there's obviously going to be changes. Um, but I feel like it just, you know, you got to focus on fundamentals and just focus on the details, um, not letting the game get too big. Just focus on your job and uh, uh, be at your best every snap. Max Crosby in the locker room talking about week one preparation, adjustments, being able to adjust on the fly because you really don't know what to expect. And I don't know about you, DeMond, but there's a part of me that every time I listen to a soundbite from Max Crosby in the locker room, I'm also focused in on the song to make sure we don't hear anything we're not supposed to hear, right? The exact same thing. <laughs> I keep listening like, man, I know I listened to this a bunch of times before I sent this audio over, but just want to make sure that nothing is being leaked out that's not supposed to be leaked out. We're on the exact same page there because with this music, because everybody in the locker room, they they don't care. Right. They don't give a damn about the radio. Yeah, they're not thinking like, (laughs) this ain't the radio version. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just like, listen to some of that music. It's like, oh, yeah, what did he say? Uh, oh, the defense or something. Because I remember listening to it yesterday, the one the one that we played about Bilal Nichols and, yeah, yeah. and those guys on the defensive interior line. It's like, yeah, 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 that's all good and dandy. But what's going on in the background? Right, right. No, that's something we have to be focused on. We have to, you know, because ain't nobody going to say, well, Q, how come that played? Well, you know, I was just listening to Max. I wasn't listening to the background. You, they, they, you're not even supposed to be paying attention to that. Right. Big, big focus right there. Big focus. Final sound bite from the locker room with Max Crosby was about a couple guys that I think made some nice noise in uh, in the preseason. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, a guy that I think ha- can can really do some good things. You know, this upcoming season, a guy that uh, was able to get three sacks a, a year ago, his rookie year, and limited amount of snaps. He's not going to be a full-time starter. He's not going to be that guy that you're going to see with a heavy dose of snaps but just finds ways to make the most of what is given to him. To Sean Bauer, a guy that I believe led the what led the league in sacks during the preseason, had four of them. That's what, uh, that's what Max Crosby's talking about right here. Malcolm Kuntz and to Sean Bauer doing their thing during the preseason. Yeah, it's the best. You know, obviously you see guys like, you know, Malcolm, uh, another Matt guy um, who's coming here. You know, he got here last year and he just continued to improve. So um, seeing him, you know, coming to his own has been, been awesome. And then um, to Sean Bauer, another one. Uh, you know, nobody was talking about him before, you know, uh, when he got signed. But now look at the guy. He went to the preseason. He got four sacks. Um, I think he led the whole um, preseason in sacks. So, yeah, it's just like seeing guys like that come in here. Um, 
who are really not talked about and to make a name for himself. That's what it's all about. So I'm, you know, I'm still fired up for those guys being a part of the team, and um, you know, they're just gonna keep getting better every day, like they've been doing. Max Crosby in the locker room right there. Just a few sound bites, few minutes that uh, Vinny and Heidi also had with Max being able to get a few good answers out of him. And I do think Malcolm Kuntz and uh, Tashawn Bauer are going to be factors in this Raiders defense where they're going to come up with some big plays. And again, nobody was talking about Tashawn Bauer. I know damn well I wasn't talking about Tashawn Bauer heading into you know training camp and, and preseason. It's like, oh man, you watch out for Tashawn Bauer. He's going to make some noise. I wasn't that guy. Someone will claim that they were that guy, but it wasn't me. I have no problem saying that. It wasn't me. I don't think it was you. I never. I was looking at his name the same way you were thinking about Amir Abdullah. Yeah. He was a player that I was thinking about. Oh, nice camp body. Okay. Yeah. There you go. He'll have, a shot. He'll have a shot. Everybody's got a shot. Right. But I'm not expecting much. And that's. I'm glad you brought up Amir Abdullah because I wrote that dude off the minute he signed. Oh, that's cool. He'll get. He'll take some. Uh, he'll take some snaps during training camp. Some preseason reps away. With Bowers. Oh, he's got that Patriots. He's got the Patriot connection. Okay. Yeah. They get. They bringing in a bunch of people. Right. That you know had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. But exactly. Hey, to his credit. Not mad at them. You know, hey, that and that just shows why the coaches know obviously a lot more than we do. <laughs> right? If they listen to us, there'd be a couple guys, some quality dudes out there on the on the street right now. Well, they wouldn't even be on the street. They'd be signed with another team. You know, <laughs> because what what do we know? So there you go again, Max Crosby, a little locker room action. Of course, we'll have plenty of locker room action following the game on Sunday. Can't wait to be at SoFi Stadium because I promise you, again, following the game, win, lose, tie, whatever the case may be, you'll get plenty of sound out of the locker room. It, please believe what I'll be doing is sick as this sounds. I'll have the I'll have the sound from the Everything locker room. Easy. I'll be in the car driving back home, heading this way, and I'll be listening to it. Okay, what did he say about this? What did, and I'll say and I'll listen to it multiple times. And that's a four hour drive. I got plenty of time to listen to it, but I will. I'll have it connected to the speakers and everything. Listen, okay, what did he say about this? What did he say about that? Oh, okay, that's a really good quote. That's how my mind works. It's 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 sick. You don't want to put on a little music. I will. I got four hours. <laughs> I will at some point. I'll probably. I'll, I'll. This is. This will be my my routine. I'll probably call my dad on the way down. I'll let my mom know I made it there because you know even at forty five, my mom still worries that you know baby's got to make it to where he's got to go. So I'll let her know that I made it. I'll call to my dad on the way. We'll get that little Saturday conversation in. We always talk every Saturday after I get my hair cut. So we'll have that conversation. And then after the game, after I listen to some of the sound, I'll probably call my mom on the way back and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Then she'll say, all right, well, you be safe, baby. And you let me know when you made it back. And, I, and her voice don't sound like that. but That's my mom's voice. Tashawn, Tashawn called me out the other night at the Raider Media Dinner. Tashawn, uh, Tashawn Reed. He called me out because I said something about the wife, and I was like, "Yeah, the wife always says like, well, why are you gonna do that?'" She's like, "He's like, why you gotta do her voice like that? Like, why? Why she gotta sound like that?" And I was like, "I don't know. I always do that though. I always do that." And he goes, "Man, because I think I said something about the wife like three times," and he was like, "You always do her voice dirty, man." <laughs> it's just what we do. That's how you differentiate like the person. Right, it's, it's it's when you role play, you know. It's like I got my voice, someone else has got to have their voice. So if I did your voice, it'd be different. You know, I'd say something like Demon said, duh, 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 you know, because is this just what you when you're doing an, an impersonation of a woman? This is what the woman sounds like. No, oh, I give them different sounds. Okay, I give them like believe me, the wife gets the gets the good one, moms gets the good one. But if I was talking about some other woman that you know I might be angry with, like the baby mom or something like that, her her, her voice would really be annoying. You know, it'd be like, ah, oh, you have to hear that voice. You know, that sound of like <laughs> when you hear the uh, like fingernails on the chalkboard and you're like, ah, I don't want to hear that. That's that's what that's that's what my sound would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
435 is the time. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> we'll come back. Got some cover three NFL news and notes, a little nuggets for you. Also, I want you to hear from Greeny, what he had to say about Derek Carr and Keyshawn Johnson from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. It's all coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I gave you some Raider nuggets yesterday. I want to continue to give you a couple more. Plus, I'll give you some NFL little nuggets. This one, don't, don't be surprised by this one. How about this? The Panthers added running back Christian McCaffrey to the injury report today with a shin issue. Who says they're shocked? Nobody. And I hate that. I hate that because, you know, Christian McCaffrey's a damn good running back. You want him to be healthy. He's just he's just one of those guys. Just isn't healthy at all. He never is. And then I had a tweet. I was like, huh, already? Right. Because it, you, you knew this was going to come at some point in the season. Right. Well, they need him. Baker Mayfield needs him. The Panthers need him. Matt Rule needs him to be healthy. <laughs> they all. There's a lot riding on this season for all of them cats. They, uh, they definitely need him to be healthy. And hell, for him, he needs to be healthy. Uh, if he wants to Hold on to that job and stay there in Carolina. I think that if he has a down year, he'll be out of there. I don't know where he'll go, but he'll be out of there. Hey, man, what Kenyon Drake said when he got released? Oh, the Raiders still got to pay him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm not saying that he doesn't care about the Panthers organization like that. But if they wanted to move on from him, yeah, I know. They already, they've, they, I get they, that, they, they, they gave him the big deal. Again, as a, right, I get that. But as a, a competitor, and yeah, you're right. Though, I mean, you can fall back on the money and say, hey, it don't matter to me. Someone's going to pay me. I wouldn't want that to go. I wouldn't want to that to be my thing. Hey, this guy's made of glass and he's just, you know, he's a guy who's always injured. He got paid and now now he's worth a, a damn, right? I wouldn't want that on my name. But again, the, the money makes it a little easier if you're going to talk about him like that. And when it comes to being made of glass, these players, they can't help that. Saquon Barkley, I think he'd be one of the best backs in the league if he could stay healthy. Yeah, but a little he can't. Bit. Yeah, he's, so. made, he's made of glass. I mean, he's he's a glass glass guy. There used to be guys I used to call glass quarterbacks. He's a glass running back and so is, so is uh, Christian McCaffrey and it sucks. Because they're really good, I think, but you just can't count on them. And that goes back to, and Josh Jacobs is going to know this after this season, it goes back to the value that the league has in the running backs and how they don't value them that much because you can't trust them once you, once you pay them a big-time uh, you know, big, big check. And that's, that's – I hate to say it, it's, it's not right because these guys bust their tail, man. I mean, Josh Jacobs runs hard, right? I mean, he gives it everything he's got every time he's out there, but the value of the position is so low. It just it stinks, man. And I'm sure any running back will tell you that they don't like it. There's a reason why Le'Veon Bell wanted to be paid like a wide receiver, right? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to get paid like a running back because he knew the value is just not there. And it's just it stinks. But guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Todd Gurley, guys like Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley hasn't even got uh, you know another check. But guys like that make make that value of that running back position go down. You know, I mean, hell, look at even, um, what's his name up in uh, in, in Minnesota? Uh, Cook. Oh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he, how many times has he been injured, right? I mean, he just, it just, it's 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 one of those positions, man, that you just, the value's not going to be there because you, you, you can't, you can't count on to be healthy. And there's a reason why the Raiders have a stable of running backs. So they make sure that they have a quality dude, not a backup guy, not a guy like, oh, well, he's just a, you know, it's like no, this dude could play. Who's the backup for the Panthers? Is it Chuba? Yeah, they yeah they brought nah, him. In. He's pretty good though. He's okay. He's okay. You know, um, but they you know they brought him in. We'll see. Hold on, let's stop talking about the Panthers so much. Sorry. Touche, <laughs> touche. Uh, how about this? This is a nugget that I saw uh, from Taylor Bashotti from NFL Network. She actually tweeted this out yesterday. It somehow it just got past me. Cliff Kingsbury says Trayvon Mullen is still dealing with the injury from last year. Still dealing with the injury from last year. He's not sure if he's going to be ready enough to play him day to day. Well, 
again, a lot of people called in when Trayvon Mullen was traded, and we all said, well, at least the Raiders got something out of him instead of putting him on IR and getting nothing out of him. And so a lot of folks have hit me up today and said, well, Q, it says day-to-day. Look, he was going to be IR'd. Bottom line, I could tell you that with 100% confidence, and I never tell you that unless I believe that. He was going to be IR'd, so he wasn't going to be a factor, effective, at, effective at all or, or any kind of a factor for the Raiders this year. He just wasn't. He was going to be on IR. And now you see he's in Arizona, and it looks like he's not even going to play because he's still injured from last year. Day-to-day. Right, exactly. So, uh, again, just another reason when I had a buddy from uh, Arizona hit me up and say, hey, what's up with Trayvon Mullen? I said, availability. That's all I put. That's all I, you know, that, that was my response, availability. He's just not available, and he's still not healthy from last year and from the offseason surgery that he had. This came down from Shefty earlier today, and Damon, I saw you got pretty excited about this. Former Raiders president Dan Ventrelli accepted a role with the WWE, overseeing the company's roster as executive vice president talent. The, the position reports directly to Triple H. Woo! Come on! This is big time news right here, Q. This, is, this might is be it? the biggest thing that we talk about all show. <laughs> the game's not until Sunday, Q. This is breaking news today. It's, I mean, Q. Look, the one thing I'll say is Dan Ventrelli finds a way to put himself in into a lot of different business, right? He's a very sharp business mind. Uh, he's one of the main reasons why the Raiders are here in Las Vegas. One of the main reasons why Legion Stadium got taken care of. He had a, played a massive role in that. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at him. I got one opportunity to talk to him before he was no longer with the Raiders, but uh, I, I never had a problem with him. And, hell, he was my, uh, my best friends growing up. There, He was their neighbor growing up. So there's that. And I didn't even know it. And also, man, a bag chaser. Because someone also, they replied, and it was like, wasn't he, it was actually to my tweet, it was, wasn't he supposed to be involved with the with the basketball arena that's yeah. supposed to be being built? Yeah. Hey, man, he probably could still be doing that, too. No, he's yeah, he's, yeah. Part, he's part of that project. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. this man, he's getting to the bag. Right, exactly. Final little nugget uh, has to do with the Raiders is uh, something Field Yates put out from ESPN earlier today talking about salary cap space right now. Currently, the Browns, how much ridiculous money do they have? Did you see how much money they had? Yeah, that's what you can do that when you're paying your quarterback on what a million dollars this season? $37 million in salary cap space they have. That is stupid money, right? They I mean they have the money, and this is just goes to show you, and that's a good point you bring up. They're only paying Deshaun Watson a uh, million dollars this year, and so he's barely gonna get any kind of suspension money uh taken away from that. But then he's gonna get what five million they also gave him. $5 million? Yeah, that's just a fine, yeah. Yeah, that little fine, whatever. Uh, but the Raiders are second, right behind the Browns. Not right behind the Browns. They're behind the Browns. <laughs> well, that's a big gap. <laughs> yeah, there's a big gap between the Browns and the Raiders, but the Raiders are second at $16.176 million. So that's how much cap space they have as of right now. Right now. Sounds like somebody could be signed. I mean, they could, or they could. And they'll, you know what? Depending on what they do with Darren Wallace's contract, they'll probably actually get some more salary cap space, you know, because the, the actual cap number that they're at will probably go up depending on the way they structure the contract. So just look for that. But they're at around $16 million right now, which is a healthy amount of money just in case they need to. You know, they, you, you don't know what they might need it for, but they might need it at some point. I just thought about it, but then, like, the first name that popped in my head, it wasn't a sexy name. Like, Joe Hayden, come on down. Uh, no. yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, who, who's out there? No. When, every, when Vinny would say they don't like the options that are out there on the free market. I don't like market. the options that are out there. Yeah, so. I really don't. All that cap space, and it's good to have, and roll over into next season. But there is no one out there that maybe no. you could see. There's nobody out there too. that right now I'm saying, oh, my gosh, they need to go out there and get. I don't think there's anyone out there that any team is looking at and saying, oh, yeah, that's the one that you need to go get. And this goes back to our conversation that we had so much during training camp. 
oh, man, the Raiders are just waiting for cutdowns. As soon as that happens, they're going to go sign a guy. And I kept saying, like, who's going to be that great that's going to get cut? Like, that was my big question. Who's going to be that great where teams can't wait to go sign this dude that's going to get cut? Yeah, I don't know. I was one of those people that was saying it, though. But And, 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 and how much did I say? Who is that guy going to be? Like, I, I just want to know, who is that guy going to be? Hell, the Raiders traded, or not traded, but released Kenyon Drake. That's a pretty big name. But it's Kenyon Drake, right? I mean, the Ravens signed him, but okay. It's nothing to get worked up about. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what he does in Baltimore. He's gonna run the ball, but the Raiders have <laughs> the Raiders have plenty of running backs. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, he's gonna run the rock. Great. He's gonna be one of many running backs that they have. He's gonna be behind Lamar Jackson when it all said and done when it comes to, to rushing, and it'll be that. Uh, Vegas Pete hit us up on Sam and Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Vegas Pete. Uh, said, Q, screw Dan V. He stirred up a bunch of crap then tried to get Mark D in hot water with the uh, NFL before he got fired. Good riddance. Okay, there you go. Well, no problem. And you know what? Uh, I was, you're right. You're right. That's, uh, I'm tripping. I'm glad you said that. I totally, uh, I totally was tripping. That was, yeah, that was Dan Ventrelli. I was thinking of Mark, Mark Bedane. Bedane. Yep, yes, I was. So that's my fault. Yep, there you go. Wrong, wrong person. Vegas Pete, good, good looking hey, we're out. we both were thinking of Mark Bedane. I was, yeah, yeah, Mark Bedane is the one that's part of the basketball yeah. thing. Yeah, that's right. That's my fault. Good stuff. Good stuff, Vegas Dan Vitrelli. No, you're right. So, uh, yeah, I take all that back I said about Dan Vitrelli. I don't I don't know him that well, so I don't know, I don't know, you know, who he is. But, yeah, he that did stir up with Mark. That's right. Good. My bad. Every once in a while, you got to take a L. Yeah, man. Hey, good, good for that's him why, chasing that's the bag. That's why we have the Sam and Ash text line. Yeah, good for him still chasing the bag, I guess. I guess, yeah. Good stuff. Um Mailman Raider said, Damon, you know Q goes down 15, bumping some uh, Jenny on the block and Beyonce, laughing my ass off. <laughs> well, Jenny doesn't really do too well when it comes to her singing and all that. She's not really a great Oh, performer. how you going to be the J, the biggest J-Lo fan? I, but I'll but be the first listen. to say it. Uh, it ain't the music. So she was like, Q, you, now, you right now, you can, you can run away from the wife right now. Name five songs. What you doing? I, I'll name enough. <laughs> enough. I'll tell her the movie. I'll tell her a bunch of movies that she's been in. I mean, that's just what it is. The wife knows that. The music ain't what it is when it comes to J-Lo. Hell, she's a better actress than anything. Easy on the eyes. You know how many times I've seen enough? Enough to tell you every like line in that movie. Every time that movie comes on, I stop and watch it. And I don't watch movies. Hell, I took the wife to go see the boy next door or whatever that that whatever movie she was in. I know which one you're you know talking what I'm about? talking about. And I only did that because I heard when I was doing a morning show mm-hmm. that there was a scene that I had to see. So I I texted the wife and I was like, hey, apparently there's a scene in this movie I need to go see. Yes, J Lo, but let's go watch it. And we did. And the scene wasn't even there. I got bamboozled into going to the movies to see a movie that I really didn't care to see. Wow. But I did it. But at least I was honest about it. Honesty is the key. <laughs> You want to care to explain before we get into a Greenie and Keyshawn what the scene, what, what the alleged scene was supposed to be? Yeah, it was supposed to be like a a, a dirty booty mo- scene, you know, like like there was going to be some more scene scene that I needed to see or that, you know, TNA. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, look, let's keep it real. <laughs> That's I think I don't think I even had to explain. I think everyone except for you knew what I was talking no, about. No, 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 no. You just want to hear me say it? Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. 
Quick text real quick from JT from Santa Cruz. What up, Q and DeMar? Big JT from Santa Cruz. Not sure what it is, but listening to Coach Graham has me fired up about this defense and the potential it has this season. Can't wait to slap these charges and put the league on notice. Something about Patrick Graham got me fired up, too. I said that right after uh, we, we played that that uh, media session that he had earlier today. It just something about Patrick Graham. He's, he's got things cooking, man. He's all right. I like him. I think he's going to be good. Uh, one more text from Bernard. There's a little misconception that a corner that gets a lot of picks is a great cover corner. J.C. Jackson's a very good player, but even at full strength, he can't cover Adams. Surprise team, Chargers might not make the playoffs. That's from Bernard. Um, yeah, Trayvon Diggs in Dallas is a good example of what Bernard's saying. He gets a lot of turnovers, creates a lot of turnovers, but gets burned a lot as well. I think J.C. Jackson's way better than Trayvon Diggs. I do. Um, you know, Now, I do think that with the the ball hawking skills that he has, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. You know, you want to see those turnovers, create those turnovers. So he's going to do that. And I, I, I've i said many times that Devontae Adams, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the league. So I think every corner would struggle with him. I, I don't think there's any corner. I mean, hell, I think Nate Hobbs is damn good. But I've seen Nate Hobbs struggle in practice with him. I've seen Nate Hobbs win in practice multiple times. But I've also seen... Okay, so did we just get hit with the EAS test? Unfortunately, yes. Right in the middle of Keyshawn Johnson's talking? Yes. Okay. Is it over? <laughs> yes, it's over. Okay, let's run it back. Here's Keyshawn Johnson this morning. I'm going to say Derek Carr wins the NFL MVP. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Adams gives him everything that Aaron Rodgers had, and he's going to do the same things that Aaron Rodgers did with Devontae Adams and win the NFL MVP. There you go. Keyshawn Johnson talking about Derek Carr as the NFL MVP. He's rolling with him because of that combination, him and Devontae Adams, and what he could possibly do. And I know one thing. I can't say he's going to win the MVP. I can't, you know, say that I, I, I see that one coming. I, I don't know. But I know that Gangster Raider will be happy if that's the case because he put some bread down, some dinero. Uh, what was it? 40 to 1 odds for Derek Carr. And so he has an opportunity to win $4,000 if he does. So uh, let's go, Gangster Raider. <laughs> that's something that I know he's looking forward to. You're looking for a spot to go and check out Thursday night football, the beginning of the season, the Rams and the Bills. Check out Chickies and Pete's. Clay Baker from uh, Morning Tailgate is there. He'll be there till about 8 o'clock this evening. So go by. He's in Sahara, Las Vegas. Check him out. He's got prizes, great food, great drink specials. And, of course, Clay Baker's there. Check him out. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.